You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right. We're live, pal. Hey, we're live, pal. <coughs> What's up, guys? Jose Anderson at MAFighting.com. Sitting next to everyone's favorite soy boy, soy drinking hipster, Casey Lydon, with his quote-unquote hipster water. My God, you're on brand today, aren't you? This is delicious. Zero calories, or like five. This is great. What flavor? Yeah, I'm working out right now. What flavor? Wonderful. Wrong answer. Anyway, with this is the A-Side Live Chat, or as Esther Williams called it many times, the Extra Live A-Side Live Chat, because we are live on the scene in Las Vegas here at UFC 248 Fight Week, ahead of Israel Adesanya's title defense against Joel Romero, and Jang Wiley's title defense against Yuan and Jacek in the co-main event. But as you guys all know, this is not our podcast. This is your podcast, so you can go to MAFighting.com, leave your question in the comment section. You can tweet us using hashtag the A-Side, or you can respond to us, because none of you guys even use the hashtag. You just respond to our tweets anyway. So, anyway. Or just roll down your window and just yell. Yeah, just yell really loud out your window, wherever you are, or just in your cubicle. Just go, Jose! You don't hear it. So, but anyway, Casey, what's our first question? First question. Beep, bop, boop, bop, boop. Here we go. First question from, I wish I could train at TriStar. The People's Main Event postponed. Pick my question, Casey. So he really wanted you to pick this question. How sad are you guys that Edmund Shabazzian versus Derek Brunson has been shifted off this weekend's card, reportedly due to Derek Brunson's health issue, to UFC and ESPN Portland April 11th? I think Shabazzian is the real deal, but is Brunson a step up step up a level too soon? I tend to think so. Not everyone is as prolific as Izzy, who schooled people as he flew up the ranks. People tend to forget that Izzy is 30 years old and planned his career out very well along with being uber talented. And Izzy has a decorated kickboxing background where he mostly won but also learned from a few losses here and there. The counter-argument is that this is the UFC and their modus operandi is sink or swim. Look at how Darren Till got exposed and they stepped up to Woodley way too soon. So, yes, Casey, we are one less fight. We have one less fight this week and not just one less fight, a, as this man called it, or woman, I don't know. The people's main event between Edmund Shabazzian versus Derek Brunson. I was a little disappointed uh, that we lost this fight on this card. I was like having uh, not a normal contender fight, but this is like a really high level middleweight fight on the same card as the middleweight title fight. So you can get like immediate reactions to like, say, Shabazzian wins super impressively. You could talk to like Izzy Romero after you just get their get their reactions to someone else in their division, but. I guess this question is, is Derek Brunson just a step up in competition? Is the step up in competition too high or too soon for Edmund Shabazzian? No. No. That's that's what that's what we do here. Yeah. He Was he 3-0 in the UFC? Something like that, yeah. 3-0. Three dominant wins. I think two two not, or three finishes? Let me find out. Yeah. Well, either way, like, I think that two two definite like, dominant first-round knockouts. And is absolutely not a... Uh, he's 4-0. Uh, he also 4-0. has a TKO win. Uh, he's 4-0. With uh, two KOs or two TKOs, a submission, a split decision in his debut, but he also has a TKO in the contender series. Yeah, this uh, is, and I, two of those finishes are sub minute, and one of them is is a minute twelve. This fight is a perfect fight. What, like, like that's it's not sink or swim. Like you have to fight guys who are really good at some point. Like I mean, top top of the food sure. chain, good. So like, I don't understand. And like, actually, I I don't agree with the whole Darren Till Woodley thing. That he got exposed, like no, like he lost. That's what happened. Woodley was the champ. He's a better fighter, and he lost. It's not exposed. He just lost to a better fighter. That's not. That's just how it goes. They, they, like, I don't. I just don't. I don't understand this. Exposed. I like. The, I also like this matchup because uh, 
looking at, at like Edmonds, uh, Israel Adesanya went 25 minutes against Brad Tavares. That was his first main event after he won against Marvin Vittori uh, on the Ultimate Fight finale the day before uh, yeah. DC Stipe won. And then Edmund, and then Edmund also fought Brad Tavares and only needed two minutes twenty seven seconds to finish Brad Tavares. So he needed four and a half less rounds to yeah. finish the same. I know I get MMA math and this and that, but uh, if if that if Edmund did that to someone similar, an already similar opponent, and, and made it look way easier than Izzy, I don't see why. I don't see the argument that this is a bad matchup because they already have a similar it's, opponent. It's an absolutely perfect matchup, and I have some inside scoop on Mr. Shabazian. Um, actually, me and Esther Lynn, who's out of focus in the background right now, we actually went to um, Glendale Fighting Club this mm-hmm. week, and we shot a training video and did the interview of Edmund. Um, it was the first time I've been back in that gym since uh, one of Rhonda's open workouts or media day, so it's been sure. probably three, four years at least. And um, But it was they were super uh, accommodating. They were very nice. Edmund's awesome. Um, Ed, um, Seems to always be smiling. Yeah, he just... I, that, that was actually that was a lot of my interview with him because I was like, dude, where's your meme face? Like, because we shot, we shot, we shot. I shot him holding. Um, I shot him hitting, doing a lot of bad work, doing a lot of wrestling. Basically, they kind, they almost did a, a workout just for us. You know, just kind of gave us a little bit of everything: jiu-jitsu, wrestling, speed bag stuff, and just um, uh, he did some gymnastics. It was fun. <laughs> um, no, Edmund is um, he's a he's a special fighter. Now, is he um, future champ? I don't know. But without a doubt, he is already a one of the best middleweights in the world at the age of twenty two, which is it's just stupid. He's a, he's twenty two, and he's like it's just and he's already one of the best guys in the world. And even if he lo- loses to Brunson, so what? You no, know, is is want to learn, bro? So he you know he's got to he's got to fight a better fighter to find out where he's really at. And I would, be, I would be really curious to see even if he does lose to Brunson, how he deals with the first loss. I, mean, yeah. I think you learn a lot about a young fighter about how they do. Like like we saw Macy Barber lose to Roxanne Montafari. Like uh, I don't really have an opinion one way or another on her reaction to it, but I know a lot of people were kind of turned off by Macy and her team's response to her first loss. Again, that was another uh, veteran versus uh, undefeated fighter whose goal was to become the youngest champion in UFC history. And 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 Edmund, he's in very public, like kind of a. a it's not like he he kind of explained. I don't. It's not like into the war if I don't if it doesn't happen. But yeah, he's going. He has one year. He has until July somewhere. He said somewhere in July of next of twenty twenty one to be the youngest champion ever. So he feels he's right in pace. He feels he be, beats Brunson, and then he has one more win after that. Everything lines up for him. But he knows, and he's very he's very like he knows I have to beat Brunson. So he's not like I gotta fight this guy next. He just knows if I beat Brunson, I probably have one more fight, and then I have my chance. To make that dream, to be to be that record coming true. I think what's benefiting him too is he's winning quickly and he's not getting injured. Uh, the only hang up for that, well, I mean, it might not be a hang up. Is I, if this Darren Till Cannonier fight had kind of actually come together, we would have like the winner of that would probably be number one contender for the winner of Saturday night. Well, we also have Paulo Costa up there. It seems like there's a lot of people to go through to get to that title fight. Like he there, there, he there. might be undefeated. He might just be like third in line. At something for a while there's no line it's like <laughs> whatever whatever the storyline is better it's like you jump and but like jo- jose auto wasn't number one in line that's very but true. he has a storyline and they feel they can sell more sell more tickets that way also so he has, that's why he, that's why he jumps in line mm-hmm. so who knows maybe the by the time next year rolls around there's a ufc pay-per-view in los angeles he fights at los angeles you have the ronda connection you know 
He's Armenian, right? Ar- yeah, he's very Armenian. Yeah. <laughs> a whole Armenian, um, yes. Glendale, the Glendale crew. I remember, uh, I don't know the exact publication, but it was an Armenian publication, went to the MSG car strictly for him. Yeah. I believe Kyle Trukagian, too, is Armenian, mm-hmm. or has some Armenian. Yeah. So, like, they were there, but mostly for him. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, a lot, and a lot of, he has a lot of the same, um, I feel like a lot of the same, um, coaches that worked with Ronda, Ronda's wrestling coach, and obviously, um, Edmund Tavarian, um, his striking coach, who he has been with since 10 years old. He, he told me he walked into that gym as a 10, a chubby 10 year old trying to lose some weight to a karate class. And from there, he's just like, he's never gone to another gym. He's never trained under a different coach. And um, I was like, holy moly, it was like, since 10 years old. That's insane. But um, yeah, um, so back to the, uh, but to the question. Um, was this too much too soon? Pretty much. No, this is, this is what fight this is. That's what I you also do. like, even if you look at rankings, even if you believe in the rankings, like this fight makes sense on paper too, just based off of their trajectory in the middleweight division. Yeah, and, um, and props to Derek for taking this fight. This is one of those risky fights, but he also, it's maybe, you know, has a fit. This also, like I asked Rox, Roxanne Manfari about this before her fight against Macy. Like outside of the title fight, like Macy had so much hype behind her. Like, is this the biggest fight you could take outside of the title fight? And maybe that, I don't know if, there's a lot of really like high caliber fighters in the middle division, but I think Edmund Shabazzian has so many eyeballs on him that this is one of the bigger fights Brunson could even have outside of like a number one contender made of it or a title fight. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel people, people like Brunson versus say Brunson Cannonier. Yeah, it's two top ranked guys. I kind of yeah, like you want to see fight. that. You want to see that. But the bet prospect thing is just a, it's always a great storyline. And, like, and you look at like. I, I keep going back to this, but Roxy, like, Roxy has never been more popular since she beat Macy. So, like, say Brunson does win, dominates in spect- spectacular fashion. That's more eyeballs than Derek Brunson, too. He yeah. builds himself back up. So, yeah, couldn't agree with you more. This is perfect. I, I don't, I'm not as big on vets versus prospect fights as you. I don't mind them. I don't really, like, they, a lot of them make sense. But this fight in particular, I really like this fight. And it made perfect sense to be on this card, which is originally what it was supposed to be. I think it's now in UFC Portland, which is I'm not sure where it's probably the co-main event. I think, but um, it's unfortunate. I can't imagine it wouldn't be a co-main event. Yeah. Co-main, I'm not sure what it was the main, main event. Main event is uh, Overeem and Walt Harris. Okay, most likely co-main event makes sense. Don't hate it. So, um, good fight. And but I also don't agree on the last part about um, Darren Till getting exposed versus Woodley. I just think that's just silly. Woodley. Just Woodley. Woodley was better. Woodley was better. Uh, I you can also tell Woodley scouted Darren Till. Like, yeah. like I think one of like. This is kind of a tangent, but I think Woodley's ability to game plan specifically for opponents is vastly underrated. Like when Darren Till looked, he's trying to do like that that lead uppercut. Like he did like a jab to a lead uppercut or whatever it was. And in that like split second between jab uppercut, Woodley just exploded. So like he knew that was coming as soon as he saw the jab and then you saw him cock back the uppercut, Woodley hit that like split second opening. Yeah. So it's like he scouted his opponent, took advantage of it. If, if anything, it just exposed maybe Till to maybe that 170 isn't his perfect, if it isn't his weight class anymore. That's about, but you know what? Win or learn. Win or learn. I should write a book about that. It's a good winning, title. Winning or learning. I think John Jones said something about that. You see 247? John- you, win, you win and learn, but sometimes you can do both. <laughs> Classic John. Anyway, next question. Beep-bop-boop. Yeah, question disappears. New question comes up. From Lodovic? Long-time commenter, uh, even dating back to the former Al Shadi and Raimondi days. Playing possum. Hello, gents. I guess you're all p- pissed at Q Leba and I'm never going to pronounce that last name, so I'm not going to try. 
uh, fight was stopped with both fighters still conscious, but who's to blame? Everyone is calling the refs for the refs' head as usual, but I wonder whether we should cut him some slack. Kutaleba was trying to fool his opponent, but at the same time, uh, not to fool the ref. But I'd argue his opponent has a much better chance of assessing how much damage he's doing. So which one is it? A, was that an outright wrong strategy for a sanctioned fight? B, should Ayana have talked to the ref about his intentions up front? C, should we burn Kevin McDonald on stake for being incompetent and hire a new official? Thanks. I don't think it's any of those. I don't think that you want to burn the ref for being incompetent and hire a new official. Like, you made a mistake. Mistakes happen. It was a horrendous mistake. It was one of them. It was one of, if not the worst stoppage I've ever seen inside uh, a UFC octagon. Um, I'd have to go back, but like recent memory, I can't think of a worse one than that. Be- before this, in my, as far as like high level MMA, the worst stoppage I've seen was actually uh, Jermaine versus Aspen Lad. Hated that stoppage. This one was worse. The Kitalaba one was even worse. It was like I think. I've gone to, I've gone, so to, I've, gone, I've gone to I've gone to so many amateur shows in the Los Angeles area and that wouldn't even fly in an amateur show. <laughs> it's just like it made I I I, th- I think this was I think it was it was obviously a panic stoppage because I think what happened You think, see the ref just kind of Well, I think cuz remember at the beginning the whole thing at the beginning when they they bump chest at, right before they're in the uh fighter yeah. announcements which which that should have been that was a great that was crazy in its own right but the stoppage just kind of people forgot about that whole did the, you know the chest yeah. bumping thing um and i think he felt i, I don't want to say he felt he felt like he he, he dropped the ball on that one because like there was no one so he just kind of felt like i messed up but so there was definitely a panic stoppage i feel um and dude, kevin as kevin mcdonald is that, is that yes it? yeah kevin mcdonald he's actually he's a very good ref he is he's a very good ref but no one's perfect and refs do fuck up and that's all it is it was a fuck up own it make it a no contest run it back I th- I th- and the whole playing possum and whatever is like rope a dope. I don't care. It, yeah, it may have been. It, it may, that may be bullshit. Maybe maybe that re- maybe he really was doing that. Maybe I think he actually did get hit. And so okay, I'm gonna kind of just kind of flow into this. And you to me he clearly was playing playing some sort of possum slash rope a dope because like he had this whole like oh I remember like he was it was actually bad acting. If you just watch his head, like who gets hit and goes like this. Like, it's like, it's like we're not, we're not, yeah, like, we're not, it's not cards. You saw it one time. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Like, it's just, and his legs are, but Kevin Lee's legs are going out. Like, well, so that's what I was going to say. His legs know. were there. Like, his legs, like, he was just moving. If you listen to John McCarthy and Josh Thompson's podcast, they do. John McCarthy, the obviously former ref, went in on Kevin McDonald. And his whole thing is, is like, when I see, when I'm watching a fight and I see someone get hit, the first thing I look at is their base. Like, if their base is sound, they're in it. If their legs are going all, like, Bambi, like, jangly legs, like, that's when I that's when I start to get closer. But, like, watching that fight, he might have been, like, doing this, but his legs were planted. They were steady. They were good. So, he goes, if I saw that and I looked at his legs, I'd be like, this is nothing. Like, like John McCarthy went hard on the paint on Ken McDonald. He's like, this is unacceptable, this and that. Like, and he talked a lot about how looking at the base is the – as a referee, if you see someone get hit and they're, like, might be out of it – Look at their legs because they just might be kind of dazed. But if they're still in it, yeah, you don't yeah, you it. don't fake the legs. You, know, you can't. Like, I mean, uh, actually, um, Anderson Silva did this all the time, but he, his legs were always there. Like, like he get like um, I forget what fight. Maybe it's Weidman a little bit. He get hit like, oh, I'm hurt. That was the first Weidman one. But his base is still yeah. there. He's not. He's not like, you know, he's not falling out of frame and everything. He's right there. It's just, it's it was it was a bad stoppage one. It was the worst stoppage I've worst early stoppage from strikes. There's been really bad stoppages from 
submissions that weren't locked in. But it was the worst early stoppage from strikes I've ever seen like in the UFC. Like the uh, Chaz Kelly, Bobby Moffat. Yeah, like one of those. Where like, it was like, he's like, you were out. He's like, no, I'm no, out. wasn't. Yeah. This or uh, I was, I couldn't remember his name, but uh, the there's uh, been a few of them, like guillotines that I didn't. I, I, was just, I believe didn't Drew Dober get one like overturned and something like yeah. that. There, I was, I couldn't remember, but the. Uh, uh, Abdul Razak uh, uh, Al Hassan fight against Saba Hamasi the first time at UFC 218. Like uh, Hamasi like went in for a takedown or something like that, and I think it was Herb Dean. I can't quite remember. Thought he was like got punched and fell, so he like ran in and stopped the fight when he was completely fine. He was just shooting him for a takedown, but then they immediately rebooked the rematch. Like even Dana White yeah. was like, that was just a mistake. Like, did, did, back. did Dana? I haven't watched Dana's scrum. Did he say anything about that fight? I haven't. I, I know a I know. lot of the lot also a lot of that narrative left after the main event, main event because yeah. it kind of overshadowed like that, like everything else. But uh, so I would say none of these. Yeah, none of these. But Kevin McDonald, very good ref. He just made a bad. He just made a bad decision, Everyone and that's okay. That's okay. Everyone that's, makes mistakes. Like, as long as you own it, that's all. Like Herb Dean's made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Do you consider him one of, if not the best referees in the world? I think John McCarthy is a great ref, and I, I've seen him make some bad decisions. It's like I get it, man. There's two. Men just trying to knock, like literally decapitate each other. You really hate the Aspen Lad stoppers? Oh, it's, it's horrible. I didn't think it was. It was I, I didn't because, agree because she with took it. she because she took no damage at the beginning. Because that's the thing. I, I've been to the ref courses and stuff, and one of the big things is about like about like how much cumulative damage they've taken up to that point too. Like, say if yeah. Aspen Lad had got like beat up in the first round a lot, and then the second round she gets dropped right then. Like, you have the, the ref gives you a much shorter leash basically. But that was, like, the first strike of the fight. Same she was, like, on all fours facing the other way, right? Yeah, but looking up. Sure. She was, like, yeah. It's, like, she's actually defending herself properly. Like, and so, like, it's a bad stoppage. I mean, like, and, but the Kudalava one, worse. Yeah, that's one of the worst. One of the worst. One of the, was Josh Barnett, Frank Mir, was kind of, he was kind of playing possum, too. Like, I think it was Barnett had him in, like, the clinch, like, against the fence. And when he landed a knee, Mir dropped to his knee dropped down to the ground uh, because he wanted to go to the ground. So it's like he got dropped. But oh, really, yeah, yeah. And then the referee jumped in and stopped it, and Mir was like, that, I'm fine. Like I, This was the plan. Well, the, um, the, um, I don't remember the details of that one, but Verdum, Verdum, Fedor, Verdum, yeah. Fedor. When he came with the overhand, Fedor, Verdum was like, oh, I'm, I'm hit. I mean, he got hit, but he kind of, he, he went to the ground because like, oh, um, Oh, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Come here, Fedor. Try, try to get me. Try to finish the fight. He tried to do that with Mark Conalock. Yeah. Yeah, in Mexico. I yeah. think it was like UFC 180 or something like that. Yeah, he, he, we watched Fedor Verdum, and yeah, he gets hit, and he kind of falls in. Fedor just jumps right. Because Fedor just at that time just didn't give a crap. So, all right, fuck it. Just, <laughs> just slinging. Just slinging. I'll, 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 jump, I'll jump in the most dangerous guard in the world. <laughs> bad stoppage. Yeah. Real, real, real bad stoppage. Did it? There's a lot of that. There's a yeah. lot of playing possible. Yeah, a lot of playing possible. I think we... we in MMA, we don't see that much playing possum standing. That's what it is. Most guys, it's, like, it's a lot of jiu-jitsu guys who play possum. It's yeah. like they're hurt and they go to the ground. We don't see too much, like, I'm hurt and still standing. You, know so it, you just don't see that much in MMA. The uh, Derek Lewis Jr. Dos Santos fight, when he got, he was yeah. like, oh, I'm hurt. And then Jr. ran in. And then there's that one moment where Derek Lewis just uncorks a bomb. And Jr.'s like, oh, shit. And this just, like, falls down. And then he's like, all right, he's fine. I, I was like, I almost, like, I almost fell for that. Wait. Yeah, and like it, but but as a ref, tech, from what I learned, when when like Derek Lewis got hit those body shots and he acts hurt, the ref can stop it right then because like, mm-hmm. well, you're acting hurt. But yeah, you're right. You're but right. Luck, luckily, the ref gave Lewis enough respect as a fighter 
They're like, no, no, you're you're still in the fight. You're just hurt right now. That's right. it. And yeah, and obviously Derek Lewis overplayed the hurt, so he can throw the big counter. The most classic example ever to me is actually um, Pete Sell, Scott Smith. But he was actually he hurt. was actually he hurt. wasn't selling. I, I know he wasn't actually, but you, yeah. but the sense like, oh, I'm hurt, hurt. Like then you come. That's why people do it. That's why people play possum. So you get hopefully you get a Pete Sell type knockout. You know, yeah. Scott I mean Scott Smith was hurt, but. But that 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 was the, kind yeah, of the blueprint. Collapse after that. Yeah, punch. That, was, that, was, that was the last punch. Like if he missed, oh, he was done. he was done. That was yeah. the only punch he could. Well, throw he probably right. dislocated his shoulder because he threw that thing so hard. He just went his arm went and got out of the ring. Anyway, next question. Beep bop boop. From Hefe01. Uh, hold on, hold on. <sighs> Where are we at here? Beep bop. Computer's malfunctioning. I got Slack open. Slack. Rookie move. Blah. From Hefe01. Long time commenter. Option, where will the next hotbed of MMA emerge? Obviously, when things started, the main suppliers of high caliber athletes were mainly Brazil, Japan, and the USA. Then Europe got on board, and recently we have seen more regions get in the action, mainly the Oceanic region and the African continent. With Zhang Wiley fighting this weekend, the amount of money the UFC is pouring into China, it seems, will soon be another China, it seems, will soon be another region to watch. Any other areas you are aware of that we should watch? For in the not so distant future. Well, like what other um, you well, named all of them? Like, what, like well, let me let me see. Uh, I think we have a pay per view coming up in a couple of days with a couple of guys from uh, a little island outside of Australia called New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, yeah, it's I just, think he said like the oceanic region. Dude, he's like you just the African continent. We have just named we, all of the regions. We, of the world. we have good fighters on the western hemisphere, the eastern hemisphere. <laughs> like China, I think is the only. Like, there's not like until like Wiley showed up. There's no like always elite level like Li Jingliang is obviously obviously a phenomenal fighter, the leech, but he's not. I think he's like ranked like 14th or 15th right now. He's like the only yeah like, Chinese just, fighter. Yeah, just, um, Russia obviously has a lot. There's no Indian fighters really. There's um, combat sports just aren't a big thing in India. Apparently not. It's just it's just not. Um, Isn't where Super Fight League takes place? But it did take place. <laughs> like um. I um actually um I would not be the person to ask about the Indian fighting culture, but um I have no idea. It's just not. I'm just trying to think of places that don't have like a star or like an, at least a name they can like. Mexico doesn't ha- like has like Yair is Mexican. Um, oh, but, yeah, no. I'm, ta- I'm, t- I'm trying to think of areas. Stars, where... Mexico's fine. I mean, they have Grasa. Well, have that's Adana, what I'm saying. They have two top fighters. They, they at least they've had a, they've had Mexican American champs. You yes, know? I'm saying at least regions where they at least don't like. Mexico has like recognizable names. Brazil has recognizable names. Like even uh, Suriname has a recognizable name. All of a sudden, like uh, Europe, Russia, like the Oceanic region, China, Japan. Like we, they all have. Even now, Africa has two champions, and like Francis Ngannou could get a title shot after his next win. I'll be interested to see, but as far as Af- the African continent goes, when will we get uh, a top tier MMA fighter who actually trains there? A lot of these guys they're raised there, but they don't, they never train there. Like. Like um, Izzy and Nagano, they didn't get their martial arts training. Uzman, they didn't get their martial arts training from Africa, African descent, but they didn't actually train there. Um, so, uh, so I, 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 but with the success of African fighters who gone to other countries and train, obviously, that's going to bring more notor- more awareness in Africa. So I think that's just inevitable. Uh, don't know when. I mean. I mean, actually, we. And I take it back. I mean, I know a lot of people don't consider Morocco, Africa. That's kind of a, that's a, 
that's just another discussion. They got to go. That's sure. just Europe. But like, there's a lot of Moroccan fighters who are already in the UFC and and they just have them fight at UFC 247. Yeah. So, I can't um, remember his name, but he was the first fight of the night. And yeah. he was like, you'll see Morocco. Morocco, yeah. So um, we have Moroccan fighters. So, um, yeah. Um, but, but India, actually, India is the big one. India is like, man, it's just it's just not, I don't know. And when they have, like, when just from the outside looking in, when there's, like, a big star in anything in India, like, they are a deity over there. Like, I've interacted with a handful of, uh, like, Indian wrestlers. And, like, they say when we go to India, it's, like, night and day than any other part of the world. Well, it wasn't, um... What, when, when is the U.S. getting some big cricket stars, though? Honestly. Honestly. Um, Maybe, yeah, like, they, cricket cricket control, rules all in India. Hey, let's, let's, go to, let's go to a video. Oh, we have, we have... No, I was trying to see, is, uh... Arjun, Arjun Buller, is he from... He's Indian, right? But he's technically he's Canadian. He's Canadian. Yeah. He's, he, he's Canadian. He's a, I think of that descent. He's, he's a sheik. Right, right, right. Sheik. Like Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Jinder Mahal from WWE is from, like, I don't know what province yeah, he's from Canada. I don't know if we've had any native um, um, Indians in the UFC. I can't think of any off the top of my head. No. Not like, maybe, like, yeah, like maybe American Indians, but not yet. Uh, do we have a video question? Yes, a video question. That's what I heard when I came here. I came specific. Hopefully, it's from a certain. Bearded gentleman, oh, a mustachioed man with the soothing voice of an angel. Oh, I love angels. You like velvet because his voice is smaller than that. Mm. Uh, roll the clip, Casey. Hello, this is Eduardo Arinho de la Rubia. I'm sending my question from Foster City, California. This weekend at UFC 248, MMA fans get the opportunity to watch some of the most physically gifted and exciting fighters in the sport battle it out. The main event, pitting Yoel Romero versus Israel Adesanya, particularly pits two incredible athletes against each other. Yoel, in particular, fascinates me. There's an incredible video from early in his career in which Romero ankle picks his opponent, causing him to fly through the air in a matter that seems more out of a choreographed action movie rather than combat. MMA is full of moments like these, where the fighters transcend physicality and do something truly extraordinary. Which MMA moments stick out in your memory as transcendent of the physical form? Which fighters most often remind you that although we all may be created equal, we clearly do very different things with what we've been given? Thank you very much. My God. That is a handsome question. That was a soothing question. I mean, like... I feel a lot of emotions right now. Like, I feel alert because I looked at this man's eyes, and that just immediately you're stunned in the silence, but then his voice was so soothing I want to go to bed. I'm sweating. Casey's sweating. The hot girl behind the camera looks yeah. puzzled. Yeah, the hot girl. She's just like, she's, yeah, she's deleting her Tinder account. She's like, I, I, I know who I'm going for. <laughs> she, she heard Eduardo was doing it. That's the only reason she stuck around. But anyway, he did ask a question. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, question. Were there what, what moments like transcended the human physicality that you saw? Off the top of my head, the two of them right now. DJ's armbar yep. over Ray Borg in the fifth round. Try that in the gym. <laughs> Go ahead, give it a try. Or break your neck. <laughs> and um, yeah, years knockout of Korean Zombie with point one second left of a at twenty four minutes fifty nine seconds point nine. That was like just like. The timing to to go through a twenty four minute. He was losing. He was losing. Wasn't Dominic? But he was, he was going to lose the fight. 
and do somehow go, oh, I got it. Not only was he losing, but like he had to be carried out of the octagon. Yeah, like his so he, rep, his coaches were holding him up. That's what I mean. Like so, like he he didn't throw that. You know, he threw that like at, like a broken body. He threw in that, and like I just that's very similar to the uh, the the Smith knockout, where he's like that's the last. Like if he missed that, it was over. Well, it literally, it literally, literally. It literally been over. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are the on the top of my head. I always think about. Um, another one I love always is actually n- not in the sense that it's like just exceptional athleticism, but just like just to know to wear it all, just to throw it right then was Fedor's knockout over Arlovsky. Arlovsky was winning. Oh, was, yeah, Arlovsky was actually winning the fight at that time. He was jab- just just winning a stand up, and Arlovsky goes, "Oh, I got him!" Here comes a flying knee, and just out of nowhere, the reflexes and the speed and power and accuracy that Fedor threw that overhand. An Arlovsky. I was there in the arena. Esther was cage side, I mean, ringside for that, and it was just still. I, I go. I don't get it. Like watch it again in real time, not knowing what's gonna happen. Especially, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. Those are few of them I think of right now. When I think of moments that where I was, I saw it and I was like physically like, oh shit, like that was insane. Was when Cormier fought Hendo, Dan Henderson. I think it was UFC one seventy three. When Henderson was just getting like tossed like a bag of potatoes, and then he like turned his back and tried to like run away, and DC just like grabbed him and just that like sweeped him and then pulled him back. He's like, ah, come here, old man. Like that to me was like the definition of getting big bro. Uh, do, do, do you remember? Do you remember the crowd for that event? Yes, I do. They the crowd was literally booing DC. For looking like a, for being a bully. Well, it's because they beat up Dan Henderson. Well, yeah, well, Dan Henderson's Henderson. lost before, but it's the fact that he just kind of he bullied him. He's yeah, like yeah. just like big brother and like like you're old. That's similar when uh, <laughs> Cormier scooped uh, Barnett in the air. I think that was in that was like the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, too. and that was like for the championship, and that yeah. was like he was still like fairly new to the game. Like that was to me. Everyone kept talking about this Daniel. Like I knew who Daniel Cormier was, and but he had so few fights, and people were already then talking about like oh. If the U- when the UFC buys Strike Force and he goes to the UFC, he can't be champion. Like, could this man be the one to beat John Jones? Like, because he's so small, they thought he could cut. Because also at that time, people were talking about like, oh, Fedor is a small heavyweight, like Daniel Cormier. Remember they called him a Black Fedor for a while. Yeah. So it's like, if he goes to the UFC, could this man beat John Jones? Like, I don't know about that. And then after watching that Josh Barnett fight, I was like, maybe, like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's a damn good fight. Um, a lot of the other crazy. Anderson's flying knee against Bisbee was pretty insane, even though it didn't finish the fight. Just the timing of it. Like, the accuracy of a flying knee to the face. Hey, hey, they pick up your gum shield. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then just, like, just ate it. Um, Romero doing the, uh, when he fought Machida. Remember when he, like, jumped up in the air and then landed down really cl- low? Like, he was going to get the takedown. And Machida was like, what the shit? And all of a sudden, he jumped back up and punched him. Like, he, like, he jumped up, landed, guys, low as possible, and then punched him. And Machida was just like, what is going on right now? I mean, I just, I'll just go back even very recent. I mean, um, Izzy versus Whitaker, like the, yeah. those exchanges, like when you watch them in real time, like they're just, they just kind of like, oh, they're just throwing a bunch of bombs, I guess. But when you slow it down, you see so many movements, so many. Like I think, I think someone the first knockdown in that fight, in that so into the first round when um, Izzy knocked down, uh, knocked down Whitaker, he, I don't know what happens. He throws like a left. It gets blocked, but then Izzy um, Whitaker counters with an, with another with a right, and he brings his hand back and blocks it, and then just plants and boop. It's just like 
the, like the balance coordination to do that in like in this firefight right there within inches of each other is just I don't get it. <laughs> it's just I mean, and obviously that's 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 is he just being a great athlete and having just seventy five something well seventy five victories in kickboxing at a very high level. So that's uh, I know there's got to be a bar bosses wheel kick. Is uber impressive. Um, dude, actually, um, uh, I, I I still love watching. Um, it's probably the, the best seven seconds in, of MMA ever. Was it seven seconds? Um, uh, Ronda over Katzengana. Oh, the wherewithal to like just yeah, like, she catches yeah. that flying knee. They do some crazy cartwheeling. Both of them are on their head, and she and she and then she catches that arm bar. And like a, it's like a yeah, that was bananas. I I, 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 I can still watch it. I mean, I, I see, now I see the mistakes Cat made. But the fact that mistakes are made all the time, the fact that that Ronda just saw the mistake and didn't let anything go, it was that was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Still, um, man, come on, I got to think of a couple more. Uh, just like things like that's not human. There were a lot in like the early days, like Fedor getting dropped on his head against Kevin Randall. Maybe. Yeah, things like yeah, because we've never seen that before. Like, oh, that's that's normally I, people get dropped on their head, they die. But this is the not first just time. dropped on their head, like spiked by like a wrestler on the top of his dome. And he winds up he winds up um, getting a Kimura, I think like fucking like thirty seconds later. Yeah, so Fedor <laughs> did a lot. Um, the rampage like slamming was it Arona? Yeah. When he school when he when he got him in the choke and then slammed him down. Um, Michael Benham Page breaking a man's skull with a knee. <laughs> with with a cyborg and cyborg's face was so shattered he couldn't fly home. Remember the remember the X ray they had? Yeah, like, it was it's like, like you just see like the you just see where his knee landed. Yeah, it's like, like that was so accurate. Like accuracy is accuracy is like is stunning to watch in that fight. Uh, similar to what I like moments where someone gets like a they they're so accurate it doesn't look like they hit hard but it like wobbles their opponent and then they take advantage of it. It's like Korean zombies like flying knee on Poirier and Poirier's like oh man and all of a sudden to a dart choke. It's like split second like thought like they think it and then they just do it is fat is unbelievable to me like if i landed in the i just pour i'd be like oh man like what do i do <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> like i do it i'm just like like izzy said it is i was i watched it, like pretty much every press conference with izzy before that like he goes uh like when he lands like when he hurt brunson you see him kind of like looking for an opening mm-hmm. where like if i did if i for in a magical world where i punched Derek brunson and wobbled him I would just be like, I'm just running the start to try to finish it. And Brunson would be like, nah, you're dumb. And then he'd just kill me. But like, split second thought process like that in the middle of a firefight. It's like you said, unbelievable to me. Yeah. I, I just, so it may not be the most physically gifted thing, but it's still mental. Winner yeah, winner. That's the, that's the moral of the story. Do you have any other video question submissions? We're ready for another video card. Sure, why not? Boop, 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 boop. All right. Roll the clip, Casey. Hello, this is Eduardo Arinho de la Rubia. I'm sending my question from Foster City, California. Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2, better known as 2019 Novel Coronavirus or Wuhan Coronavirus, is a public health emergency, if not already a global pandemic. The virus seems to spread quite easily and the infected can transmit even when they're asymptomatic. Global events which bring together thousands of people are being canceled routinely now. From the parcel cancellation of the Arnold Classic to the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, people are recognizing that hosting these events creates a dangerous environment for transmission and further contagion. To your knowledge, 
What is the UFC strategy for minimizing probability of being a nexus of contagion this weekend and at upcoming events? With fighters cutting massive amounts of weight and going through a grueling training camp, do you know what level of coverage the UFC's health insurance policy will provide them? If you could opt out of going to the event and doing all your reporting remotely, would you? Thank you. Debbie Downer. Well, there was a lot to unpack in that <laughs> question. The hot girl in the background is still just mouth agape, just being like, I guess Ed is kind of a bummer. <laughs> oh, man. So the coronavirus is kind of messing things up in the world right now, Casey. I, I just saw it. right before we um, went live, um, I, I can't remember where, I think in Chicago. I'm not, I'm not sure where, actually, but somewhere in the United States. Um, some basketball team, college basketball, has have been canceling games already. Well, there, was, there was an article on I, I read this morning where the headline was Seattle is a ghost town right now. Like because I guess there was like an someone got sick or someone died there, and now like all of Seattle's like everyone is on lockdown. Like like even if it's self imposed, like they're just not leaving their apartment. Last we got we got into Vegas last night, and it's I'm really interested how it's going to be this weekend, but we. I mean, it was, it was a Tuesday night, not a big deal, but, like, it was so oddly slow last night. We like we saw these restaurants closing early. Usually, they open, like, 2 or 3 in the morning. They were, they were locking up shop around 11. So, I was like, whoa. Dang. And, like, it just felt different last night. It really did. Even to the point, and, like, and like it's in my head to, like, after we ate, like, usually, you're like, oh, you eat. It's like, yeah, I, I went to Esther, like, we should wash our hands. And so, like, we're, and I'm in, I'm in the bathroom, like, you go to the bathroom, you wash, you do your quick, you know, wash hands, you leave. And now I'm in there, like, I wash my hands, I go, no, I'm going to stay here a little longer. You know, you're like, you're just, you're just, everything, you're, it's it's just, at least for me, I feel like it's it's just in the back of your mind all the time now. And, um, but back to that, the question, though. I, I don't know the UFC's exact plans. Uh, I don't know them personally. But they can, need to be making some plans. Because wasn't there, don't they want to do a Tuesday Night Contender Series in China? Or like in Asia happen. at some point, like that ain't happening. But that I, I think that, but that's that's just in China. They're gonna be, I mean, we're a couple, we're just a couple of press conferences away from the CDC from like sporting events being canceled. And since that, no live crowd, we're still gonna have sporting events. I think, but like one championship had behind closed doors, right? Like yeah. I, just, I, just, I also heard that the the title fight between Hiromu and Naito was canceled. They just, or, or they're going to reschedule it down the line because of stuff. Yeah, a lot of events in Japan are being canceled already. Um, what's, it, what's, what's interesting is he brought up the Arnold Classic, and like that's in Ohio. The UFC has a card in Ohio at the end of this month. Like That's something we got to think when about. Is, Arnold, is, is that part of the Arnold Classic? Is that, is that in the same week? Or is that I don't know. When I is Arnold Classic? Is it, is it Arnold Classic right now? I'm the wrong person. Oh, it's going on right now? Okay, it's actually going on right now. I, from what I read, that they're just doing the finals. Like, only the finals are open to the public, but, like, as far as, like, just the general convention type stuff, it's basically all done. Um, yeah, it's going to be very weird. Coming, I mean, weird being, weird being the the best, the most positive outlook, if it's just weird. Um, yeah. Um, wash your hands, folks. Wash your hands. Um, I, honestly, I think, I think there's a good chance that um, for the UFC at least, that they're gonna stop having live events of live crowds pretty soon and moving those pay-per-views actually to the UFC Apex Center. Apex Center, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, the Apex. The Apex, where they have like 
And basically, they're going to have fights there. Actually, not contender series fights, but like big fights there with just family and friends, media, and the production crew. God. So we could see like Romero, Israel, and Sonya just like hear all the... Oh my God. That'd be like really cool, but like I don't want it out of that scenario. I don't want... That would be cool. That's cool like to look at, but like I wish it can't, wasn't because of this. But it's going to be like that for everything. Like they're going to probably... I mean... They're gonna be running. They're gonna be doing baseball games for empty arenas because it's not like we can be by each other. We just it's, it's big crowds. You just can't have big crowds. So like we're still gonna be doing like doing our name, going to the grocery store, doing our things. But you're just gonna avoid any big crowds because that's where everything gets crazy. And that's why and Vegas is gonna become a ghost town. Like this place is just a giant petri dish of urine. <laughs> it's just that's a, putting it nicely. Yeah, it's a, yeah. That's I think that's his motto. Like, what is uh? The, and the final question he asked he goes, "Would you like to cover? Would you cover fights from the comfort of your own home?" Yeah, that'd be awesome. But you know, but I'm, I'm not. What I won't do right now, I won't fly international. That's for sure. Because you just might get trapped. You never know. That's like, very true. They, like you might not get sick. They might not let you leave. Yeah, because you go there, something a breakout happens. They're like, "Ah, right, you're stuck there." And like, and and, and I'm, I'm also curious too. Like, dude, eventually. This is gonna to happen too. Fight, fighters when they're when they're especially getting toward that into that into the um, fight camp, they do get a little sick. They're they're depleted. Uh, you know they're cutting weight, and they they start getting a runny nose. All of a sudden, every all their teammates in UFC be like, "Whoa, you got a runny nose. You gotta get." I mean, like we're gonna have fighters pull out of fights for just a slight cough, because do you think that opponent like wants to go? This is too risky. It's just like it's like we're gonna. I think we're gonna have lots of fight cancellations because of this. Um, it's like it's just gonna be. I think there's gonna be so many unpredictable things that are gonna be happening, and none of it's gonna be fun. You got a lot. They got two major pay per views coming up in international. You got one in Perth and one in Sao Paulo. Right. Where are you canceling events in the states? I mean, Brooklyn, dude. I, I Habib, <laughs> Habib versus Ferguson. <laughs> are we gonna go over five? Well, that fight was never announced. It's never announced. Never yeah, announced. they didn't make a poster for it. There's not a press. Con- there's not a press conference for it on Friday. We won't be covering it live. Those aren't. Those aren't even real people. No, not there's real no people. lightweight champion. Tony nope. Ferguson's not a real person. No He's person. been on like a 14 fight win streak. He definitely hasn't lost since before women were in the UFC. Yeah. That's not. That's true. Another issue. It won't affect this fight because Habib's already in the states. But all these international fighters. I mean, they're going to start closing. I mean, if it gets. It's even slightly worse. They're gonna start closing borders, and like you just won't be fly, fly interna- internationally. And like, so Izzy may win, may lose, whatever. But like, I don't know what's going on for that next fight. I don't know if he can come back in the states. You know, like you saw the hoops that Wiley had to. Yeah. I, what about Leach? What's the story? I think he came. He left too. Yeah. Uh, I think it was uh, our own Guillermo Cruz wrote something, and one of the things he mentioned, like Yao Jana, Yao Janan, I believe is her name. She beat uh, Carolina. Yeah. I uh, was like her. Uh, Wiley and uh, uh, the Leech were all left China. I don't know where they went, but like he he had written something up. Yeah, and and, and for and for and for those those fighters, yeah, they can leave China for the training camp, but they want to go back home. That's where they live. Eventually, you know, or as, I don't know. Well, like, and if they and if they go back home, can they come out? You know, well, so that's the thing. I can't remember if it was embedded or an adding of a fighter or Raptors. Like, there's so many blogs going on this week. But uh, Wiley was like, when she had to leave, she like called her mom and was like, "This sucks. I have to leave." Yeah, and yeah. honestly, you don't and you don't know when you're coming back. You just it's oh, Ed and your beautiful question and your beautiful beard. Mm. 
Anyway, do we have any more questions? We yeah, we do. We're we started 10 minutes late, so we'll go 10 minutes long. Okay. Do, 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 do. Question number four. Uh, number four. From the seaside, who fights Ally Kinta next? Where's he ranked? He's already lost to Hooker, right? He's lost to Hooker and Cowboy. I know uh, Alexander Hernandez had called him out, but he's now fighting. Uh, What's Gregor Gillespie up to? He just lost. He got head kicked by Cameron. He's, not, he's, not, he's still not there. I mean, um, he's, yeah, I'm assuming he I, got up and I left the cage. I think Paul Felder mentioned Al as a possible opponent on Ariel's show. Like, if he doesn't retire, maybe Paul Felder. Because I think they've been, like, Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah they, they've, been, they've been kind of... They've, but like, no, they, weren't they supposed to fight? There was on the Brooklyn card, right? Wasn't that? I think so. Yeah, the the, the bus, the, hey, I'm throwing this. I'm yeah, throwing, yeah. Throw the bus. But I, even outside of that, I think they're, like, maybe, like, they've been offered each other a few times. Like, the name has come across their contracts a few times or something. So, like, just get, I mean, he's like, I've thought about Ally Kings for so long, might as well fight him. Yeah. Like, that's a good one. Yeah. There's good. a lot of lightweight, like, the yeah. if Kevin Lee wins, like, Charles Oliveira versus... Ally Kinta because Kevin Lee's not fighting Kevin. Like Kevin Lee's not getting a third shot at Al. Yeah. So like Charles Oliveira's out there. We got Makachev and Hernandez coming up. But this is all if Al wants to wait a little bit. Yeah, that's 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 fun fights for Al. It's you know it's good. Next question from fan of Mister Stationary, and I will note his Twitter profile picture is uh, a picture of my <laughs> usual co-host PT Carroll holding up a giant. Crystal salt rock lamp. So, uh, way to stay on brand, Famish. I believe Famish Stationary is the one that dubs PC Mr. Scissors. So, shout out to the longtime listener, Mr. Stationary. But, thoughts on Nate throwing shade at McGregor? I don't know if you saw it. For those I saw it. Yeah, explain it. you're not aware, uh, Nate Diaz tweeted, didn't tag anyone, just said, What happened to your season? Uh, by like, like, by now, I was already back, or I don't know the exact phrasing, but basically, Conor McGregor said that entering 2020, he viewed his fight against Cowboy as the start of his season uh, and wanted to fight three, four times this year, but has no fight announced. He wanted to fight in March, but he said he wanted to fight in March before they made Izzy Romero uh, official. So he's like, if they don't have the title fight on that, like, I'll fight anyone on that card. Uh, now there's supposedly Gaethje's been put in front of him. Uh, I know I want that fight. I want to watch that fight. I don't know when that happens, but uh, what do you think of Nate? To answer Mister Stationary's question, what do you think of Nate throwing shade at McGregor? It's. I think I think Nate's a little bored right now. So like, all right, I mean, just dude, like, it's, we can talk about it for a while, but man, this could, this literally could be Nate just high, taking a poop on his phone, like ah, boom, send. All right, I don't. I, whatever. It's 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 cute. It's cute. It's cute. That's about it for me. Like it's. Uh, I want to see the fight. I want to like. I thought I shot. I thought like as soon as the second fight happened, I like, I came out that like. Ooh, can't wait till they fucking book that third one next week. Like um, yeah. Uh, but I kind of. I'm just kind of like eh, whatever. I mean, I still want that. Fight. I want it, but I'm like, I'm not. I'm like, I'm not emotionally invested in it anymore. Anything else you want to say on the? We got a few more questions. Uh, right, we, got, we got one more question. Let's throw this one up there. Here we go. From Mark, a lot of numbers. Mark 12041202. All right. So I guess he was the like one twelve millionth person that won yeah. Mark on Twitter. It's Hooker versus Dustin the fight to make. Does three rounds favor Dustin or Hooker more? 
It'd be a killer fight on the Aussie card, but I can't see it being a three three rounder personally. Hashtag the A side. I agree with uh, Mr. Mark right here. I like that fight a ton for both of those guys, but Dustin Poirier himself said, uh, I got five rounds for you. So one Dan Hooker goes like, who should I fight, fight next or so-and-so? Or I can't remember the exact phrase that Dan Hooker said, but Poirier was like, I got five rounds for you. If they want a five-round card, like I'm 100% in for five rounds of Poirier and Hooker. I don't want a three-round fight between these two. Um, we got ESPN cards coming up. We got ESPN. We got yeah. five cards coming up. Who's the favorite? More? I don't think it necessarily favors any guy anymore. Um, I would think I would, in a five-round fight, I'd probably favor Poirier. He's been in a bunch of them. He's 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 had those five-round wars with Gaethje and Eddie and. Yeah, but he's been a bunch of wars. Hooker Hooker now has that experience. He's also I don't. Poirier got like run like I think Habib ran through Poirier. Yeah, and then that, but he didn't take a ton of damage. So, and then Hooker's also been run through Barbosa, who just beat the soul out of him. Like Hooker's body collapsed. Like his body gave out before he wanted to stop. So uh, I love. I like this fight a lot. No, it's a great fight. I just, um, uh, I, I would like it. I would like it to be five rounds. Selfishly, not for the. I mean, but as far as for their for their own for their own um, brain damage wise, I don't want it five rounds, but. Just as a selfish MMA fan, just bleed, bro. Yeah, five rounds. Um, I, w- I would hope the UFC, uh, if it's not a main event, I, I would like the UFC just in general to put guys like that, two top five lightweights, even if it's a co-main event for a pay-per-view, I would love it to be five rounds. Um, but I want those guys paid to be a five-round fight. I don't want mm-hmm. them, because those are longer training camps. You need more, you got to pay for more training partners. It's just harder on your body. And you're going to potentially take much more damage in that extra 10 minutes so um i would hope dustin and um hooker um if they are gonna fight five rounds won't get that paper to match it um but it's an awesome fight yeah 10 out of 10 fight cool uh we had other questions yeah i can pull them up here we go one more question what was the question there we go (laughs) another question from mark i assume directed for me is what happens in aki that's coming true in 2020 Yes, hundred percent. Akira Atomo, the direct, the creator, director, and mastermind of the Akira movie and manga, saw this saw this film. You know, you read Akira? Akira? I forgot. You're wearing a camel hat. That's right on brand for you. You read Akira? You seen Akira? You seen Akira? Hey boy, you seen Akira? Yeah, I, I like drinking. I like watching some Akira and drinking some sake. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't actually. Really? So in that book, the uh, 2020 Olympics are coming up in Neo Tokyo, and the uh, uh, the government is advising uh, like a shutdown because of a potential pandemic. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and guess where the Olympics are in 2020? Tokyo. Guess what's happening right now? Pandemic. Possible pandemic. Damn. That's what's happening. Smoke bomb. That's which means there is a. Uh, so for those of you who have or like Casey. I think you're the only person in this room that's never seen Akira. The hot girl seen Akira. Esther seen Akira. The hot girl's read Akira. Um, the, hot, the hot wife? The hot wife has seen Akira. Um, it is guy. basically, uh, if you watch Stranger Things, what's her name? Eleven? Is that her name? I've never seen it. Eleven is basically Akira. She, they have like mine. They went uh, to like the school and then she like broke. They like, she was like the one that stood out above the rest and tried to turn her mind into a weapon. And then 
he eventually re- in the book he reemerges, in the com- in the movie he does not. So are the, are, is the is the book based on the movie? No, it is not. Oh, okay, it's not. The movie is an abridged version of the book. Supposedly, they wanted to make what? What's his name? Ty- Who's the guy who made the Thor movie that you really like? Oh, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, what's his name again? Taika Taika Waititi. Yeah. Oscar Oscar winner. Apparently, he wanted to make a live action version of Aquila, and it sounded awful. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm down for a live action Aquila movie as long as it's good. That sounded bad. Any other questions? Last last question. That's an excellent question. Well, <laughs> you see it? Oh, from Sean Denny. Denny Rants, another longtime commenter. <laughs> Outside the A-side, which crystal will stop a coronavirus pandemic? <laughs> now, I don't want to give you an answer because then people might listen to this. And be like, well, Jose said to wear it. Jose said to wear pyrene around my neck. <laughs> I won't get the coronavirus. I don't know. So I don't know. You know who's a good person to ask? The Crystal Queen Jessica or Pizzi uh, because he seems to have a massive affinity for the crystals now. Yeah, I'm going to check my email. I'm sure Mike Pence is emailing us asking. Hey, guys, a little help here. Uh, I have a handful of pyrite and a handful of quartz. Which one can I throw away? Quartz? Quartz. Yeah, it's for the immune system. Quartz is for the immune system. system. There you go. So I guess it's quartz. Okay, um, so yeah, that's your answer. Um, that's the official answer from the A-side. If you don't want to get coronavirus, um, go to your local crystal distributor and buy some quartz and just um, wrap it around your neck, and your ears, up your nose. Um, like actually grind it up into maybe like a powder form and just you know lather it up in your hands. Sing happy birthday twice. And that's about how long you should do it for. And uh, pandemic free. And then you can go to the 2020 Olympics. In Tokyo, and, so what, quartz, and, what, and watch Akira. So courts equal Olympics. That's the that's the moral of the story. And um, uh, I just got um, a bunch of emails from our lawyer saying delete this, do do not put this out there, and everything we said was a lie. Was it though? Anyway, do we have any more questions? Is that a wrap? On that's the a wrap. Man. That is a wrap on the A side this week. Uh, we got some promos though. Oh, we do have a promo. Oh wait, yeah. And our first promo. Sorry about the wrapping. It's his birthday. It is? Well, we didn't get you anything for your birthday. So. <laughs> what is this? I'm so confused. My birthday was December 2nd, by the way. I said it was Oh, man. This is the greatest present I've ever seen. The greatest present I've ever seen. I, for those of you who don't know, Esther Lynn is, of course, the greatest photographer in sports. Uh, there's one particular photo that I've been asking for and watched, solely because, as you know, I'm a big Naruto fan, anime fan, so is Israel Asanya. And he hit, that's right, Casey, the Rock Lee pose against Anderson Silva, the greatest middleweight of all time, I might add. And I go, I need this photo blown up. Look at that. This is the most beautiful thing. Thank you so much, Esther. Thank this you, is yeah, literally yeah, the coolest you. thing I've ever seen on the A-side. So this is on canvas, right? Yes, on canvas. This is, without a doubt, the coolest thing I've ever seen. This is the cool... This is like as soon as... Because like we get to see the photos before you guys get to see the photos because Esther sends us the photos to post. 
and we go, holy shit, get that out there quick. Yeah. <laughs> so like she would like every now and then she'll message us and be like, oh, like the Robert Whitaker one you got. She messaged us and was like, I just captured the most violent thing I've ever captured. Uh, this photo, n no heads up. I just saw this and my mind was just blown. This is the coolest photo I've ever seen in, my, in any sport. And now it's going to be hung in my apartment forever. 10 out of 10. Thank you so much, Esther. Mm -hmm. I, I'm at a loss of words. So I have no <laughs> Do you have a promo, Casey? Joe B, she get a rematch. And Megan Anderson, hat, no. Felicia no Spencer, Felicia Spencer fights Amanda Nunes next. next. Felicia Spencer gets the title shot next. Without a doubt. It was a travesty if, if it's not Felicia Spencer. Didn't, I think Megan wants to fight uh, Jermaine. That sounds awesome, too. It's a fun fight, too. So, 10 out of 10. I have no promo because I'm at a loss of words right now. I'm just amazing photo. But, uh, as always, this you can watch this replay of this on YouTube. YouTube.com backslash MMA fighting. Not fast. Forward slash? Back forward slash. Forward slash MMA fighting. Twitter at MMA fighting. Instagram at MMA fighting. D-O-T-C-O-M. Just go to MMAfighting.com and find all of your content. We're here in Las Vegas. You can find all of your UFC 248 uh, content on our YouTube channel. It's going to be great. This will be on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, blah, blah, blah. That's uh, Soy Boy Casey. I'm, I'm Weeb Jose Youngs. We're out. Oh, I had a question up the whole time. Whoops. Find us. Find us at the workouts. Find us at the workouts and say hi. Give us some quartz. We don't want to die. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.